HavanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Hey, Brian. Hey, Mike. Welcome to the Top 8 Magic Podcast. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, but it's this thing we used to do on a semi-regular basis, not in our own homes, which is what we're doing right now. I, so people are going to get spoiled. They're they're like able to hear everything we're saying. Uh, they're like, these guys can do it in their own homes. What's their excuse? We don't have one. They, <laughs> they are just from henceforth, the, the the angry questions on on Twitter will have no satisfactory answer. Like, I, I've I've actually I've actually been like. So super busy just like with work stuff and then like some personal stuff too which has actually made it really difficult uh to to like coordinate times to podcast but i i mean i want you know i'm excited about the new cards new cards what are you talking about is there a new set battle for zendikar you know you should why didn't you show up at the pre-release this weekend i i was like hanging out with my son we, uh, is it, but like we, chris pagula brought his son to a pre-release well, his son's your son? older than my my son my son's eight yeah, but don't you think your son is smarter than Chris's son? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about Chris's son to make a determination on that. My son is uh, smart as a whip, though. But, I mean, every parent thinks their son is real smart. I know. That's what I was you know, sort of joking about. I, I don't know a single parent who is a parent of a child. Not like, by the time you're a teenager, you know, you want to strangle them, I guess. But, you know, if, oh, my child is the most exceptional at finger painting. You know, I, every, everyone's like that. I, like it's just not remarkable for me to think my kids are great. So yeah. I, I mean, they are. They're the best. So kids long, long story short, your kid cost you a chance to play magic this weekend. No, I mean I don't think about it that way. We had a great time. Um, uh, and then I have a weird schedule actually because uh, uh, Bella, who is actually the child least in need of tutoring opted into tutoring from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. every Saturday for, like, the next six weeks or something. So Catherine brings her in the morning, and then I pick her up. So that would have – I mean, I guess I could have just had her pick her up instead, but uh, that's uh, that's an thing that's uh, currently kiboshing somewhat on my Saturdays. But, like, literally, she's the child least in, in need of tutoring, and, and she's the child most – I would love to to do a tutoring class, Mom. So I, I did play in the pre-release this weekend. Yeah? Yeah. So uh, it, 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 was it super linear, like real narrow, only no, need to know like four or five things? <clears throat> Please say yes. Uh, well, I mean, it was, I mean, I was playing sealed, so it's it's gonna obviously going to be different than draft. I, 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 had, I have a little bit of experience drafting because I covered the Community Cup the week before and actually got to uh, – they were playing with the cards on Magic Online, and I got to sort of – ride shotgun on a draft. Uh, I think it's, it's, there's some, I mean, there's some linears. I mean, I don't know if you, do you consider the processor synergy? Like the ingest and processor uh, kind of engine to be linear? Well, I mean, they're synergistic. I don't know if I would use the word linear, right? So. Uh, like, like there's a whole suite of cards that are useless though. If you like, it's like having cards that have affinity on them and not having artifacts, right? Like if you have, processors and you don't have ingesters your deck's gonna sort of i don't think that's do anything 100 percent true right like you can have the card quarantine field and then you can sure. quarantine field a bunch of your opponents 
creatures and then you can process those creatures. So, I mean, let's, let's make sure folks know what we're talking about. So, um, processors and ingesters, Brian are calling them. So processors are actually a kind of a creature type Eldrazi processor, right? So sure. So Oracle. I'll give you an example. I had in my, in my seal pool, I had Oracle of dust, Oracle of dust, right? He's a, a common, uh, three, five for four and a U. He has the ability to void, uh, and he's to put a card, an opponent owns from exile into that player's graveyard, draw a card, then discard a card. So the processors process things that have been exiled from the opponents, uh, I guess, in wherever it's, they're in exile, and then take them from exile and then put them into their graveyard, and then you can do something. Um, Blight Herder is another processor, right? So it's a, a five casting cost, four, five. When you cast Blight Herder, you may put two cards from your opponent's, uh, your opponent's own from exile into their graveyard, and then if you do, put three 1-1 uh, one, one colorless Eldrazi Scion creature tokens onto the battlefield. And like all Eldrazi Scions, they have the ability to sacrifice for a colorless right. mana. Uh, but yeah, so processors require the opponent to have cards in exile. So uh, ingesters, um, like, like you're calling, they're not an actual creature type, right? They're just no, no, no. Have the ability ingest. They have, they have, they have, the, they have the ability ingest. So whenever yeah. they deal creature combat damage to a player, that player exiles the top card of his or her library. Like Dominator Drone, for example, right? Is a a three-two creature for two and a B. It's also devoid, though. And I had I had two of that in my seal pool. It was so. Pretty- Every time he hits the opponent, then so it's interesting. In in limited, ingest is such a more powerful ability in limited than it is in constructed. I think just on, it, on it's the merits. it's clearly a limited ability. I, I I have a hard time imagining it being very like it a is. very big deal for constructed. You know, I mean, this is how I haven't I haven't played the new set yet. Um, Although I guess I guess see, I like something like Oblivion Sower. Which kind of like ingests and processes. <laughs> I mean, Oblivion Soul is clearly a card that was made for constructed, seeing that it's a mythic rare. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, um, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think that Oblivion Soul is a good card. Uh, it's very exciting. Oh, but here's the thing. Um, I've played some test games already. I've been Oblivion Soared and constructed. And uh, like if I flip over a windswept teeth and a wooded foothills, which is what happened in this case. You know, it's not even the, necessarily the case the opponent can use those lands, right? He happened to be green, uh, so he could easily have used the lands, but, you know, what if I had flipped over, you know, polluted delta and flooded strand? No, right. no, no guarantee, which is, I think, kind of interesting because there'd be so many fetch lands played at the Pro Tour. <laughs> Speaking of fetch lands, fetchland.com! Is the best website. Is it the best website, Brian? It is. It, it is. is. It is. I mean, also other good websites are Face to Face Games, Mana Deprived. Those are it, though. Those are the only yeah. That's only about it. Ones I don't. Have. I actually don't go to any other. Well, that's not true. I go to Metsblog.com uh, uh, and and Evil Angel for for the <laughs> long time listeners. Jesus, don't look that up. Whatever you do. Um. So, so for example, like I, I was just going back to just talking about this limited format. Um, my deck had had two oracles of dust in my seal deck. I had Mindraker. So Mindraker's three B for a processor for a three three devoid, and then when it enters the battlefield, you can process a card, 
And if you do, uh, each opponent discards a card. So, I mean, is that card great? I mean, Which, it's like a hill giant, right? Hill giants are typically pretty playable and limited. Right. But then also it it makes them discard a card sometimes? Yes, if you can, if you can, right. And that's, and that's the question. Like, do you want to play that card? You know, how much do you want to go out of your way for that? And then I, I also had Ruin Processor, which is another common. It's seven mana Eldrazi Processor. It's a seven, eight for just seven colorless mana. And then when you cast it, if you put a card an opponent owns from exile into that player's graveyard, you gain five life. Oh, that card seems expensive. It is expensive, but like, for for limited, I mean, the kind of card that... Uh, well, you're, you're talking about playing Sealed Deck, right? Yeah. Like, like, I could very easily imagine playing Scour from Existence in Sealed Deck, which is just seven for a, for an Utter End, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I'm just not a fan of Utter End. <laughs> like, that card's too expensive. This card costs twice as much. But, like, to make that work, like, I felt like I had to play so many cards with some way to exile things. Like... My deck had two complete disregards, which, I mean, obviously you're going to play that no matter what. I mean, complete disregard. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought the complete disregard was horribly awry. Which one is complete disregard? 2B for an instant, devoid, exile target creature with power three or less. Oh, that card seems very good. For yeah, it was, it was really good. Uh, I had two Dominator drones, which have ingest. I had... I played Culling Drone, which is like a you know a two two for two, and Devoid. It's like one B, and then it hasn't just. I just played it because, like, I wanted to you know be able to you know use my Oracle of Dust, Spell Shrivel, which is the sort of like double miscalc. It's like counter target spell unless its controller pays four, but if that spell is countered, they exile it for two to you. Oh, Brian. What? Are there going to be, like, any limited Grand Prix before the Pro Tour for me to watch on TV? Yes. How many? One. It's the weekend before. Grand Prix oh, Madison. This is so daunting to me. Like, there's so many synergies. Like, Origins Draft. Like, obviously, I, I had Origins Draft on lockdown by the Pro Tour. But, like, this is so much stuff going on. I, yeah. I, I don't know how to do these things. Yeah. And then I, I also had... <laughs> My brain uh, is... Like, I'm not even playing yet. I'm like, yeah. I also had Scour from Existence. Which is, I think, the card I was most surprised by. It's like a seven mana instant, just exile target permanent. That's card what I was... just said. The other yeah. end for infinity mana. Yeah, it's really good though. Like, you think I, this is going to be a slow, grindy, limited format? It's a, it's weird, right? Because like, if you if you can play like the ally decks, or you know, there's there's a lot of like I got run over by an ally deck playing. Uh, one of those enchantments that just said, like, you know, the landfall enchantment, like, says target creature can't block. Like, I just couldn't stabilize. I mean, is there, is there like, a Friday Night Magic I can get to early enough that I can play two drafts? Yeah, Montesi. That's where I won those the last two. Yeah, right? yeah. You, you can definitely get two drafts there. Oh, man, I'm so nervous now. Uh, and then I had, the last card I had with, that was, like, playing to it was Benthic Infiltrator. Which is like two U for a one four, in uh, drone, and then it has uh, devoid, and it can't be blocked, and it has ingest, but it's a one four, which is really kind of like for three, for three, that yeah. That seems awesome. The card's really good. Is it common? It is common. 
That card seems fantastic. Just so it's like, it as in jest. Yes, that's exactly it. It was so weird. Like, I had a couple people choose to draw against me in this format. In sealed, and I'm like, man, I don't know that I would... Like, I, I normally would draw in sealed, especially in, like, a new sealed format. But, like, I just did, I didn't ever want to draw because I just... I, like, I wanted to play a, an ingester. You know, I like I just wanted to get an ingester online on turn two or turn three and attack with it once. Is Sludge Crawler like the best card ever? Is Sludge Crawler the best? I, you I know, don't know. I, it costs B for a one-one devoid yeah, ingest with that pumps. I had I had a Sludge Crawler in my sideboard. I didn't play that it. That can't I could, be right. I couldn't bring myself to play it. But it has pumping. Yeah, I know, but it like that's like above its weight. Sort of punches above its weight, right? I mean, look, just imagine a scenario. You go play first turn Sludge Crawler. It's entirely possible your opponent's first play is turn three. Right? Sure. Yeah, so yeah. you can absolutely. just go, get in twice, and oh, then he plays his game, and you remove I, I it. I didn't have a Sludge Crawler. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I had one. Yeah, I had one, and I didn't play you know, it. Am I crazy here? Like, you just I mean, play it on turn first? It does, it does seem... I mean, you know, it's hard to make all the decisions... You know, you're, this was really the first time I was, like, looking at a pool of cards. I, it's conceivable that I should have played it. No, uh, no, I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. sure that it's even good, but it right. seems insane. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's Bellows Lizard, though, right? It's, like, two mana to pump. It's not, because it has ingest. Right. Ingest is awesome. I thought that's what we were... First of all, you could just ingest their bomb. Okay, like, and I understand people always say things like, <laughs> "Well, that's that just could be any random card in their deck." It can, except for it's also it's a it's a way to win, right? People yeah. go to people go to deck exhaustion. That's a thing that happens. And B, shut up! <laughs> I just got your bomb. Well, you know, you know what's funny is I I think you know how normally like you'd say okay like so for example I had a Kiora in my pool, right? I was blue black, but I opened Kiora Master of the Depths. Right, so I'm like, I'm obviously going to play with Kiora, and I had an evolving wild. I'm like, I'm just going to play yeah, Kiora. I want play it in seals. You should just play it. Right, so that's what I did. I played it off of a forest and evolving wilds. Yeah. The problem is, like, in if in just <laughs> hit my forest, it was the card was just dead. I mean, yeah, that's that's. It was it was pretty funny. It was just kind of sounds like what would happen. You know, because, well, normally, like, so if you're going to splash a card, like, I usually try to play two sources to to be able to pay for it, right? And I would, I would view two, a forest. one of them is hyper-flexibles. I would view a forest and an Evolving Wilds as, as two. Yeah. But, like, Evolving Wilds doesn't do any good so, if they've hit your forest. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. I'm wondering if you're going to see people constructing their decks a little more... Like, imagine, a little differently because because you could easily just get like cut out of a color. Imagine all the the jackasses over the years who are like Jace's Erasure, you know, or Dampen Thought decks. <laughs> you, either either of these jackasses you've played against, right? Were you one of those jackasses? Uh, no, that was really you. I never dampened somebody in my life. Oh, I've dampened people for sure. I have never dampened. I thought you said Jace's Erasure. You I've were never Jace's erasure somebody in my life. I have been... I have. I, I remember I defeated someone with the, the nut Jace's Erasure at Nationals that one year by yeah. simply siding up to like a 60-card deck. And he was just like, well, my deck is not equipped to beat your deck now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well... Good luck trying to beat me with all your horned lizards or whatever you've got to block. Because <laughs> eventually I'm going to fireball your face. And that's what I did. It was awesome. Um, so, 
limited. It sounds like there's some ingesting. It sounds like there's some processing. There's four color, right? There's like the whole. There's four color. Brian, you're killing me here. Like the whole converge mechanic. Is there fixing? There's, there's, well, there's evolving wilds. There's a bunch, there's a lot of different lands that do things, right? You know, like the, the living lands give you two colors of mana. The battle lands give you two colors of the mana. Li- the living lands, that's what they're called? That's what wizards called them today. So I'll, I'll, All right, living I'll lands go with it. This. Um, I mean, what's wrong with like man land? We don't say that anymore. That's, that's eh, gauche. I mean, no, it's just, you know, it's just like not gender neutral. Like, there's I mean, no reason. There's no reason to just be like, you know. I mean, I'm there's actually, no reason to put a dick on them. You know what I, I mean, mean? I'm looking at Lumbering Falls. It's very phallically designed. Look at Stirring Wildwood. Actually, <laughs> tell me that's not a manland. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I actually haven't called them manlands in, in about two years. What did you call them before? I was calling them folklands or something like that. Just something folklands. Gen- yeah. Like, I just don't see... There's just no upside to being, like, stubborn about it. I'm not being stubborn. This is just people call them. Yeah. That's why I think there's some momentum to, to not call them that anymore. I mean, look, I'm all for inclusiveness. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying this. People call them this thing. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just like... I, I had an argument once with Frank Lepore who he hates... You know when you like, say like blue white or whatever, it's like U slash W. Yeah, he's just like I hate the slash. I'm like okay, like you know, let's imagine we're gonna fix this, right? <laughs> let's say you fixed it. What's the value of fixing the the slash, right? Right? You just aesthetically, he doesn't like it, right? So he just I don't like it. That's fine. Aesthetically, you could not like, you know, he thinks the slash is a waste of a character or whatever. So he thinks UW is better than U slash W, right? The problem is if you're going to fix it and you're going to be like an editor and you're going to, you know, take care of uh, all the magic everywhere and we're going to have this nomenclature that's, that's aesthetically better because there's no slash, that's a lot of work to undo not just the physical... The physical representations of all these slashes, which everyone has in all their articles, right? Like, every article has the damn slash. Well, not every, but, but you know, a large yeah, number I, of them. I, just, I actually just write out blue-white. You just write out the words blue-blue-just blue-space-white? Yeah, or blue-white. I don't know. It depends on who I'm writing it for. But, yeah, I always write it out. Really? Yeah. I'm just saying it's a lot of work to do, and I don't think there's a huge amount of payoff. But you think that, like, some future generation of Bella Flores will appreciate me not calling them manlands. Yes, I do. If you put it that way, then you're... I mean, there's a current generation. I mean, I... Unlike Shambling, then, which is a gender-neutral land. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's just a a whole current generation. I mean, there's just... I mean, just look around. There's there's tons of, you know, women very vocal and active in the magic community. Tons of transgender people. Tons of... You know, there's just a lot of people that are just not, you know... You know, the guys... (laughs) That were around when when magic started and just kind of took uh, you know a, a male kind of perspective on everything. I can understand where you're coming. I mean, uh, like it doesn't. It, 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 it's like there was. I. I, I it's to, wrong like, to say I'm, there's no. I'm, cost. A, I'm a stubborn guy, right? Yeah. Like, and like when someone says, "Oh, you can't say that," or "You can't do that," my instinctive reaction is like, "Well, of course I can. I can say whatever I want." 
you know. Um, but as I've gotten older, I just realize, you know, sometimes it's just like, well, you know, I have to say, why? <laughs> right? Like, why? Why do I just, why do I want to do that just because someone says, I, you know, maybe the reason someone's saying that you shouldn't do that is because it doesn't feel good for them. And, you know, I can think about what I'm saying. So, like, I, you know, I was, I was someone, I remember actually Bill Stark was the first person to say, hey, I would like to not call these manlands years and years ago on the Starkington Post. And I was like, ah, shut up. Right. That was my, that was, I believe that was my actual reaction to it. Like, you know, don't tell me what to do, you know? And it's like, and now I look at it, I'm like, man, that's stupid, right? He's, he's actually just right. You know, it's just, it's just not, and, and, and it doesn't cost me anything to just, Finds you know the only cost is trying to find some avoiding some kind of god awful imbroglio like with we had with coming to Battlelands where everyone wants to call it something else. Yeah, I never understood that that imbroglio with Battlelands. I missed it entirely. I was just instructed to call them Battlelands and shut up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you will shut up, and they're Battlelands. And I yeah. was like, okay. Not really worth fighting. But anyway, so so but, but go we were, we were, we started this talking about limited, and like there's, so the converge mechanic like Yoel Larson was in the community cop and he, uh, he fell in love with like these kind of four color decks. But he's in the community cup. You just yeah. win a pro tour and they just put you in the community cup now. Uh, I think he was heading to the community cup anyway for uh. probably what he was doing with, uh, you know, he's a, a big part of the Swedish magic community. You know, the magic community is, is, is not all just, you know, North Americans. But he, and he fell in love with, I'm trying to remember the name of the card, but he, and, and, and I, and I, I guarantee you're going to like it too. Oh yeah. Brilliant Spectrum. Uh, three U or sorcery with converge. So draw X cards where X is the number of colors meant. Uh, colors of mana spent to cast Brilliant Spectrum, then discard two cards. So if you can get to, like, a four-color mana base that you can reliably pay for for this, it's careful consideration. Right? That's what he just kept saying. He's like, this card is careful consideration. Is it instant or sorcery? It's a sorcery. I mean, this card, I don't like, are you sure I will like it? It sounds really bad to me. If you cast it for one color, you're just down two, you're down three cards or something? You're down, yeah, yes. You well, you you're not going to play it in a deck where it's like no, 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 no. Whether I intend to play it that way or not, sometimes I'm going to be in that situation. Sure. I mean, and then if I play it with two colors, which I think is reasonable, you're still down a card. Yes. Like, so at three at three colors, I'm four mana breaking even. Listen, I wasn't I wasn't high on the card. I'm just telling you, a Pro Tour champion, Yoel Larson was 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 really excited about the card when he was playing with it. Um, you know, the, the, the format for me is about, I think the draft format anyway, I think is going to be about awaken cards and like just finding as much mana and, and being able to, you know, really just like turn all of your cards into, you know, turn your coastal discoveries into mole drifters and your rising miasmas into, you know, uh, massacre worms and, you know, your clutch of currents into mana war. Right. And so like, uh, which is what he was, which is also the, the strategy he was 
taking, right? He was like, he was just playing like all the awakened cards he could, but he was also like, he wanted stuff, stuff that digs, right? Whether that's anticipate or if it has to be brilliant spectrum or, you know, if you're just doing the coastal discovery thing. But, uh, it, it, it was, it was kind of interesting. I, 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 I could see this being an 18-land draft format pretty easily. I, at, at least, I, I think it is an 18-land draft format. But uh, I could see it even being... I could see myself playing 19 sometimes in this format. Oh, that makes me happy, actually. It means that I have to find fewer playables. <laughs> like, I can, I can screw up more picks if, that's, uh, if this is an 18-land format. Thank you. You're, oh, you're welcome. You've made my day. Yeah. Uh you know that Eldrazi Sky Spawner is all, all, already like the top common for everybody. Is that the one that flies and makes tokens? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I did not even know that. I just said it out loud because of. Yeah. This is the one that flies and makes tokens. So it's a two and a U for a two one devoid flying. When Eldrazi Sky Spawner enters the battlefield, put a one one colorless Eldrazi sign yeah. creature token of that. So it's like basically three two flying over two bodies for three. Well, you you don't the second body doesn't fly, only it flies. This card is just like way better than Hordling Outburst. Is that a fair thing to say? I mean, it comp- it compares to like I mean, you know, it compares to like favorably to first picks like Gearpur, Gearcrafter and I mean, it's Whirler Engineer. Like it's- yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah, it's very similar to those cards. Yeah, also this card is merely Whirler Rogue. Also Holomar Tidecaller is going to be my clearly going to be my favorite card in this format to draft. Which one is that? Two you for two three human wizard ally. So you get like whatever ally synergies uh, you have in your deck. So you know, like if if something triggers, you know, whenever you, an ally comes into play, you know, this will be great. But it doesn't have any kind of ally ability itself. It has when Halimar Tidecaller enters the battlefield, you may return target card with Awaken from your graveyard to your hand. Oh, and it's, then, like you're, it's it's a reasonably costed Scrivener ally. Yes, and then it has land creatures you control have flying. <laughs> I mean, very clearly, this card was like. I will. What, I will first pick this card every day. Obviously, what happened? I know what happened in this case. Okay, I, I'm, I'm a wise person. I know what happened. What happened was Kenneth Nagel stole your dream journal. He was like, <laughs> I know how to make a magic set. <laughs> he literally just stole Brian's dream journal, and that's how we got to this. And that's why we can't have nice things. We can only have very nice things. I uh, I cast Ruinous Path a lot this weekend. Which one's that? That's the 1BB sorcery, destroy target creature, planeswalker. It's essentially... Oh, it's Hero's Downfall with Awaken. Sorcery, but it has Awaken 4 for 7. Do you think that card's going to be good in Constructed? It's, I don't have that in any of my decks yet. I think it's a little, a little junky. I mean, maybe it's great. I'm not sure. Uh, like, but- I can't, like... I, I mean, I'm sure it's... Like at three, it's probably still just fine, right? Like I mean, I like was... it's it's a, it's a pow- like heroes downfall is just a power. You like you'd be like, yeah, I'd probably consider playing heroes downfall at sorcery speed. But you think about like just these like attritiony games where you're just going to draw this card late in the game and you're going to get to like just like kill something of theirs and make a four four. It's like okay, I'll kill that planeswalker. I'll make a four four and then I'll attack that planeswalker with it. I mean. Like I it is heroes downfall a bunch, right? Yeah, but it's never like my favorite card. Um, I don't know. Like, 
I guess it depends if you think like a black blue control deck is going to be good. I don't know. I, I I don't know. You know, I don't know the the, the context of, of the new standard yet. But I mean, I, I think that this is a card that you're going to. I would be shocked if someone is not, you know, if like Shota Yasuoka is not playing this card and paying seven mana and attacking someone with the land after he kills their their best thing. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I just don't envision the format going in that direction, but maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I certainly don't know the speed of it. But like, you, you, I could still see. You don't see it in like an Obzon deck. You're like, oh, kill uh, that. I mean, it is. I can tell you that it is not currently in my Obzon deck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have an Obzon deck, which is my current favorite deck to play, and that card is nowhere near it. Sure. I have the card Obzon Charm, which also costs three, yeah. uh, and. Does it make a four four? Um, it does not make a four four. I make a four four by casting it. All right, here's that's, I have a question. I have, I have, that's I have how a, I do that. I have a question. Or in this case, a four five. Yeah. Is Guardian of Tazim a constructed playable card? Which one is that one? The big guy. Three three UU for a four five flyer with landfall, and then whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, tap target creature. An opponent controls if that land is an island, that creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. I mean, it's certainly super interesting to 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 think about, but probably not. Like, it doesn't have any any of the the keywords that you want in a blue flyer, like hexproof. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for hexproof, not landfall. Sure. Um. Like, I don't know, maybe it's great. Like, maybe my conception of what a blue deck is going to be is very different from what a blue deck will be. You know, like, I don't... It's an okay-looking tempo-oriented card, right? Like, a 4-5 yeah. flying for 3 UU isn't out of the ballpark of something you would play, right? A, a Baneslayer Angel is 5 WW... I'm sorry, 3 WW for a 5-5 five five flying, which is only slightly bigger. And... This card has like a really I mean, I guess with fetch lands, it's like really powerful. Well, with a fetch land, right, where you get to be like, okay, you know, fetch, tap that, get a land, tap the, that, the it land doesn't you get as an island. Yeah. Know. Yeah, yeah. Or even if you just play like a is it a, called a sunken hollow? Is that like one of them? Like you could play a sunken hollow and that's an island? Yeah, that is an island. Um maybe it's I I have a hard time imagining that this card is good enough to play. Like the, the, I'll, I'll tell you um, two words why I think this card is probably not good enough to play. Icefall Regent. Okay, so right. Icefall Regent versus this card. Uh, Guardian of Tazim has two toughness on Icefall Regent, and Icefall Regent in return has you know kind of the Frost Titan ability and is a dragon, which gives it all kinds of bonuses. Right, so. You can play Elspell Regent with um, uh, with Crux of Fate and, you know, to no disadvantage. Uh, and then plus you can uh, uh, you can use it to power up Silengar, Scorn, etc. And uh, as is well known probably by all of our listeners, I've been uh, I've had an above average level of a of a hit rate with a Icefall Regent. And I think that card is uh, and plus it's, it's tapping ability is more consistent. You could sure. easily be in a situation with uh, Guardian of Zazim where um, either you just don't get any tap ability out of it at all, which could certainly happen. You know, you just don't have a land. 
Right. Or you put yourself in a position of needing to draw spells and lands to do anything. Yeah, and then, like, even if and when you you get the, the land going, there's a lot of conditions on it, right? Like, they could just untap their guy next turn anyway. And right. that doesn't happen with uh, with my good friend uh, Icefall Regent. Like, they could kill Icefall Regent, but he's actually much harder to kill than this guy. Right. In most circumstances. And they're about the same same power, so you know, that, I, that, that's just that's just my my uh, my gut reaction on you asked me this question. I yeah. Think, I think it's probably not good enough right now, but we're, we are in a situation where um a shocking number of cards uh, are either have just become highly playable or will become highly playable because of the rotation. The rotation that we just had, uh, which was uh, M15 plus the entirety of Theros block, is <laughs> yeah. an unprecedented rotation in standard. We've never lost four sets uh, at once before. So I think you're going to see a lot of like Anafenza Kintry spirits and uh, Avatar of the Resolute and all kinds of cards in that category that were like close to being good enough to play, but weren't really good enough to play, suddenly get good enough to play. Because <laughs> sure. the number of Siege Rhinos uh, is different, right? So we still have, you know, we, we have like far fewer um, uh, super good cards, right? Like there's, there's no longer, like one of the, one of the main standbys in standard, which was uh, uh, Blue White Heroic or Bant Heroic, like, there's just no heroic mechanic anymore, you know, and uh, Sylvan Carry added, which was like, you know, the the bane of uh, of Red Deck's existence is, is no longer there. And it, we're in a weird spot because um, even though there are like new playable enchantments, like everyone's favorite enchantment to kill, uh, Corsair of Crufix is no longer there. Right. You know, and Corsair of Crufix is a hell of which an enchantment. Which, from a coverage perspective, I'm super excited about. Yeah, why? Because it means we get top decks again. Oh. <laughs> the the million-dollar lightning helix is so much less exciting when you <laughs> if there's a course of crew fix in play. <laughs> Wait, you're like, oh, man, well, he's got the lightning helix atop of his deck. Uh, yeah, he didn't draw anything, so he's just going to kill him with a lightning helix on his turn. This game's over. <laughs> it's pretty much how that goes. Well, maybe... Maybe, uh... Ken Nagel should not have stolen that idea from your dream journal. <laughs> should have oh. stolen a different idea from your dream journal. Um, all right, another another question about blue, Mike. Yeah. Which is going to see more play in standard? And we can even just say in standard, you know, at the first weekend of the Open and the Pro Tour. Scatter to the winds, which is one UU instant counter-target spell, and then it has awakened three for UU. Or Dispel. The first week? Yeah. Dispel. Okay. I mean, Dispel is like cross-format all-star in like every freaking format. It's it's like highly played in modern... It's not really particularly played in Legacy, is it? We, there's like... But it's I think, I think people, people certainly play. People, see, people certainly play. What it. was up with unbanning Black Vice today? Oh, I don't even know. Somebody uh, asked me a question, and I'm like, Black Vice is legal? And he's like, as of today, it is. And I had not looked at the, uh, <laughs> at the bandit. I mean, party on? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know. 
Break it. Go ahead. Do I own four black? The first question I had is, do I still own four black dice? Because I would play that card. That seems like a good <laughs> card to play. I mean, it just seems so abusive. Just play, like, first turn Black Vice, then second yeah. turn, third turn Black Vices. Like, that's, like, 100 damage. Yeah. Are we, uh, are we building Bring to Light decks in Modern? Uh, I don't know. How about we work on Standard first? I have a Pro Tool. Ah, uh, fine. So, um, are, there, are there any gold cards? Is there, is there any Siege Rhino that leaps out to you from the colored cards, like the multicolored cards in the set? I mean, there's no Siege Rhino in the set. Right, like there's some cards to play, but like most of the cards to play that are that are like really exciting or powerful are like semi linear, if not really linear. But like, look at a card like Mrs. Renewal. That card smells a lot like a like a Primal Command, right? It really smells like a Primal Command. That's just the green one. Yeah, it's like uh, G five, which is one more than a primal command. It's G less than a primal command, and then two more. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. One more kind of than a primal command. It search your library for up to three basic land cards. Put them onto the battlefield tapped. Then shuffle your library. You gain seven life. That's like a powerful. I mean, six mana. That's a lot. That, imagine that's if those were three list. islands, and you had uh, Guardian of Tazim in play. Imagine you did that. You would probably be playing cube. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that can happen in limited. Although these are both rare or mythic rare cards, right? Yeah. Guardians seem rare or mythic rare. rare. So, like, I can, I can. Here, Brian David Marshall's Dream Journal. Today I woke yeah. up. <laughs> you, I you know, you do know I love, I love it <laughs> unnecessarily. <laughs> Is there like a legitimate two mana accelerator? Or only the guy that taps for creatures. Yeah, I think that's the only one. There's, I mean, natural connection's really interesting. It's two G. No, no, I'm going to start you with like a second turn accelerator. So, okay, I'm in. Brian David Marshall's Dream Journal entry. <laughs> this is this is now in your this is now in your uh, what's your what's your commander your 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 Salta um your, no your Momir Vig Momir Vig commander deck. <laughs> like today, I played a first turn. Birds of Paradise. <laughs> then I played a second turn Angerback Walker. And another what's a one man accelerator? Lanowar Elf. Lanowar Elf. <laughs> then I played a Kiora, Master of the Depths. I tapped my Hangerback Walker and untapped my Hangerback Walker. <laughs> and I had another mana accelerator I open. I mean I I, this sounds like your standard deck for the Pro Tour. That's what I'm I telling some you. Additional counters on my Hangerback Walker. <laughs> then I cast <laughs> <laughs> then I cast this renewal. <laughs> you think this is in my, my Pro Tour deck? I, yeah, I think am so. I not, you, you didn't think I seemed like a convert at the last Pro Tour? Attacking with uh, Monastery, Swift Spear, and... Uh, no, I think I think you're going to be blue-green, and you're going to be uh, tapping and untapping your hanger back, Walker. Um, I would lay odds that... I, ha- <laughs> I would lay greater than... I, I think that I'm greater than 50% to have the card Hangerback Walker in my deck at this Pro Tour. I think yeah. you're right. I think that I'm substantially less than 50% likely to have Kiora Master of the Depths in my deck. Uh, I, don't like, I don't really like Planeswalkers that much. So, um, yeah. So what, what, what do you think about, but going, going back to, you sidetracked me into all these lovely green cards here. But uh, what, what do you think about uh, where is it? 
Ulamog's nullifier. Which one's that? That was what they used to get Galactus off of Zendikar. <laughs> uh, two blue-black for a 2-3 flash flyer with Devoid, and then when it enters the battlefield, you may put two cards from your opponent's exile into their graveyards, and if you do, counter-target spell. It's basically a blue-black mystic snake. If they have cards that you can move around. Yes, you need to exile. You need to process two cards. Uh, I don't know. That doesn't even seem like a good constructed card to me. How big is <laughs> I mean, it? Two, three? It's a two, four? three flying fla- fly flash flyer. I guess a two, three flash flyer could just be good because on the man. I can, like, I could see losing to a two, three flash flyer. And then, like, if they set you up, then. See, here's the. This is I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know that you can get. I don't know, you know. How I don't know that you can get the cards into exile. How e- I mean, how easy is it to get cards into your opponent's exile that you know where like much less two of them so that you can do something with it an all? Doesn't have to be on turn four, right? But you I, can, look, what if you're playing like Esper Control? I mean, this sounds like an awful deck, but I'm going to just say some words, okay? Then okay. Like, then you can make fun of me afterwards. But like, you know, what if I have like a first turn silk, like your second turn, like I silk wrap your. I don't know, Rakshasha Death Dealer, right? And then... So so let me ask you a question. So silk, so something gets silk-wrapped. Yeah. And then I do something that processes... It's awesome. Yeah. So even if that's you like Dramaka's like, Command, my silk-wrapped, your guy doesn't come back. And so I can, I can exile your guys with, like, Oblivion Rings and whatever, and then put those creatures from under the Oblivion Ring, essentially. I know they're not there. Yeah. Into their graveyards... Yes. That's, that seems awesome. That yes. is actually right out of my dream journal. Yes, you know? that is, uh, I think, one of the main themes that you can do for construction. Because I think, like, like uh, one of the strategies that I thought of was, I don't know if you remember this. Remember I met at Mono White Eldrazi Control Deck last time Eldrazi were legal and standard. Then I refused to write about it, but I would play it on Moto every night. Yeah, you remember yeah. this? <laughs> and then, like... I got that email from Josh Ravis, just like "good job, idiot," and then my deck was like <laughs> in the second place in a in a in a PTQ. Oh Cause, yeah, because I just played it. I played it every night, right? Like, oh, I played yeah. it like a bazillion hours a night, and like I kept beating Pro Tour champions in one v one queues. So I'm like, I'm like, this is just the deck we're gonna play, and then then it was no, and then also at the time that I made it, there was no mana leak, which is just like right now, by the way, there's no mana leak. Oh, by the way, oh, so so what you're telling me is that the deck you're going to play at the Pro Tour is actually an Amaria Shepherd deck? Um, well, I was thinking, like, playing a bunch of Silk Wraps, like, just for the early game. And then, yeah. like, I think everyone's making their Eldrazi decks to be, like, green ramp decks. But then you have, like, all this ramp, right? And then, like, you have all these lands, or you have some guys, and then, like, you play, like, one or two big bombs. What if instead of doing that, you just like killed your opponent's guys with silk wraps, and then used light herder to like process the guys that you exiled, or, you know, whatever processing you want to do, just process their stuff, and then like light herder's like it's a pretty interesting card, right? If you have like a just like a seven eight over four bodies for five, and like it undoes the potential liabilities on your silk wraps, which is what right. I, I like right. about that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, you just live, and then you just draw cards, and, like, there's, like, all this mana acceleration that doesn't doesn't require you to be, like, a traditional green ramp deck. Right. I mean, I, the thing is, the thing is, you can, with a card, like, from beyond... Well, from beyond is, is green, right? Right, it is green, but I'm saying, with a card, like, from beyond, you can go, like, turn two accelerator, 
right? Turn to some some creature that makes mana, right? There's still some two mana. There's there's uh, what you call it, the the radical mystic. Turn yeah. two radical mystic. Turn three from beyond, and then turn four. You can actually just play an oblivion sower. Yeah, and then you're just. You're on and the then, top and then, already. And then on turn five, let's just assume you hit... If you hit two lands off the Oblivion Sower, you can just sacrifice your From Beyond on the next turn and go get another Oblivion Sower. And then, like, even if your opponent deals with your Oblivion Sowers, what the hell are they going to do? I mean, just having all these Oblivion Sowers... Like they're, first of all, those guys are huge. Second of all, they're generating a ton of card advantage. Um, I'm really excited to have Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger in my deck, though. Um, because, first of all, even if they counter it, like, if they're a blue deck, they might counter it. But they're probably not going to be a blue deck, because let's be honest, Side yeah. Leopard. <laughs> like, 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 seriously, let's be honest, Side Leopard. Yeah, oh my god. I mean, you still get to, like, just exile two permanents. <laughs> yeah, like, so even if they have a counter spell, you're like, it's, you, I cast ten. Alright, that stinks. But, like, I killed your two best things, which is probably your majoring network, and, like, Whatever you you know, whatever the thing you're investing all your all your psychic energy into, right? Oh, and man, can you imagine else, Oblivion? Can you imagine Oblivion sowing their majoring network? How sweet is that? I mean, that's awesome for you, right? Like Oblivion sower is super super sick and super super uh, high variance, right? Like, what if you're playing the mirror and you like Oblivion sower there, <laughs> Shrine of the Forsaken Gods and Sanctum of Ugin? <laughs> How terrible are they? <laughs> Their life is just over. Like, I would just be like, man, I'm quitting magic. Yeah, no, so I, I think, I mean, Sower is just, I, I think it's going to be, it feels like to me it's going to be one of the defining cards of the standard format. Yeah, but I think, It's like, Primeval Titan. I mean, kind of, right? But you don't have to be green. That's what, like, I think you could just play with, like, Pilgrim's Eye, right? And you just, like, have a slow deck. Like, and you're sure. like, oh, your deck's slow. I'm like, yeah, but my deck is, like, Silk Wrap on turn two, then I play Pilgrim's Eye, then I play, like, um... What's the name of that artifact that taps for two or draws two? Hedron oh, Archive. Hedron Archive. It's like playing cards. They're like, you know, pretty good cards. Like, and then, like, and then, you know, I just cast a Hangerback Walker, right? Like, and I'm just like, Hangerback Walker for a million. Like, there's like, the interactions between Eldrazi Science and Hangerback Walker are unbelievable. Like, I, th- I don't think people are necessarily appreciating that very sure. well. Like, because you could just, like, chump block with an Eldrazi Scion on a turn that you tapped out. And then use the mana to pump your hangerback walker. Right. Like, that's super sick. And, like, just getting a ton of colorless mana. And I think that you wrote about this in your, in your preview of the card from Beyond. It's like, uh, the card, uh, which of the Spirit Dragon is it? Not Haven, not Crucible. Uh, yeah, the other one. Tomb of the Spirit Dragon? Tomb of the, yeah. Like, it's just insane in these decks. Right? Like, if I'm just, like, having a bunch of Eldrazi signs and hangerback walker tokens, like, I just have, like, 100,000 life, right? Pilgrim's Eyes, like, all these things, just, like, I have all this life. And, like, oh, I'm, right, yeah. And I'm just playing, like, I'm just playing cards, right? I'm just, like, hangerback walker, pilgrim's eye, or, like, um, you know, silk wraps and, and whatnot, and, like, just get your good thing. And then I'm a white deck. That's the thing that, that, that folks might be missing. I'm a white deck. So... If stuff gets out of hand, like you have like three seed rhinos or whatever, I just cast end hostilities. <laughs> That's what I do. And then like two turns go by, and I have Ulamog in play, right? Like it's just a di- it's just like a different route. Like you use like you just play the slow grindy game, 
and it's okay, you know. All right, let me let me ask you a question though. Uh, just a different. I, I was kidding around before about Amiria Shepherd, yeah. but that's that card seems. That's a seven drop flyer. It's yeah. It's like a. It's really like got bad numbers. It's a four four for seven. I mean, whenever they do something like that, though, maybe you, have, you better watch out because. Well, he, I mean, here's the thing. Development. Like you play this card, and let's just say you play it with a land drop to give. Like you know what I mean? You're not playing it just tapping out on seven and playing it. You know, you're you're playing it on eight. You're playing it after like it's a one of in some or even a two of in some like just like Esper control deck, right? With a ton of planeswalkers. You play this, you play a fetch land, you get the landfall trigger from the fetch land, you return target non lane permanent card from your graveyard to your hand, you sack the fetch land, you go get a planes, and now you return another non lane permanent to the battle from your graveyard to your battlefield. You know what I think is exciting about that card, Amiria Shepard? Like, not even getting Planeswalkers, but getting cards like, um... Uh... Getting two Siege Rhinos. Well, I was thinking getting, like, Sanctum of Ugin and Spawning well, Bed. Are, are those lands? Yeah. You can't get lands. Oh, you can't get lands. No, no, it's... No, if you could get lands, then you'd go infinite with all your planes in your graveyard. Oh, okay. It's... You may return target non-land permanent card. Oh, but, well. like. I guess I guess they figured me out ahead of time. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. They stole your dream journal and said, "No, this is a nightmare." Is that is that Michael J's dream journal just getting more and more lands? Yeah, <laughs> I guess I guess I am the original Pilgrim's Eye. Josh, that's Josh Rabbit's dream journal. What? Josh oh, Rabbit's nightmare journal is having too many lands. All lands. Uh, yeah, I, I, this card seems like super powerful. Like even if you just get one hit off of it. It costs a hundred, man. Like does, I won't even play a Wingmate Rock, right? Like I'm just not into play, casting hundred cards. Like, cards. I mean, like I'm not saying you build your deck. Oh, like I don't know, man. It just it seems like a, a like a, a really potentially yeah, a busted card. card. Like I mean, here's the thing: if your card costs seven and it's in play, <laughs> probably sure. boned. <laughs> sure, <laughs> like that. That's that's how it works. You know, Andy Boswell and I. You know, I'm just like literally just bend the knee and i just want to study study abzan at the at the feet of of uh of andy boswell and he would just tell me things like about how he got better at beating elspeth when he didn't have heroes downfall in his deck <laughs> so people are like andy boswell how do you ever beat elspeth you don't even play heroes downfall that's you know that's why i don't want to play the new heroes downfall because you know ruinous right because andy boswell didn't play the real heroes downfall last one it's like i got better at beating elspeth when I didn't have heroes downfall, and people just think that's ridiculous, right? And he's just like, "Look, my deck's all twos. If they play a six, it stinks." <laughs> that's just what, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's not good for me, right? They're gonna if I have two rhinos, they're definitely gonna go minus. But then I'll, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I have all these bestow guys. Like I could just cast a, you know, boon Seder at the end of their turn and kill their elves, but that's okay. Or like if they do the just do the one one creatures and then choose shut block, I could play a, uh, uh, what do you call it? The the herald of torment on my own turn, fly over and kill their elves, but they're tapped out. You know, my guys gonna be big enough to kill it. So you know, he just has all these ideas about tempo positive ways of killing an Elspeth. that like people don't even think about these things like, you're like, saying i'm just playing into his hands here with my seven drop i'm just saying <laughs> i'm just saying if you've got a seven drop in play and the other guy's deck is cur- curves at two he's in trouble okay like it doesn't Tr- matter what your seven drop is like that seven drop you played unlimited the seven eight for seven that 
What does it do? Oh yeah, I'm not playing. I'm not playing that kind of contrib- I mean, that card just it gains you five life. That's- yeah, if you have a seven eight for seven that gains five life in play against a deck of all two, they're probably in trouble. They probably can't beat a seven eight, and the prospect of you gaining five life is terrible for them. Right? Like, it doesn't matter what your seven. Well, is. we just keep adding cards to your deck here. I'm just. I would. I mean, I'm telling you, I. I think I have like a very low likelihood of playing Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger. But I like imagining playing Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger. I really like that. But I don't think I'd actually play it. Um, I would play... I'll tell you which cards I would play. Gideon, I would play. Yeah. I think he's okay. Gideon's really good. I, I have him at full-on okay. Full-on okay, that. Me and him, we're buds. Kiora, I don't think I'm likely to... She seems alright, but I, I, I don't think I'm likely to play her. Obnixilis, I did not like at all. And then John Finkel explained to me how to play it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, wow, that card is very good. Are you going to tell us? I said, I think the card's real slow and doesn't do anything. Like, you just have five and you just have nothing, right? That's my, yeah. my thinking. He's like, well, there's pretty much only two situations where you resolve Obnixilis. They have a guy, in which case you kill it. Or they don't have a guy, in which case you draw a card. <laughs> like... <laughs> What's the problem here, you know? That that sounds like John's whole philosophy for magic. I mean, yeah, like he's uh Do you uh do you like planar outburst? Uh that It's the new wrath. It's a, is it 6? It's 3ww. Destroy uh, all non-land creatures awaken right. 4. And awaken 4 and the awaken 4 is like 8 mana. Um uh, I mean, there was there was a time that this would have, like, been my favorite card, right? Right. Uh, I mean, I guess I like it. I guess I like it more than End Hostilities automatically. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, what about Quarantine Field? Um, uh, is that the white, X, white? X, oh, w, I love that w. one. That's just, like... Uh, that's just like uh, the enchantment that I used to play for a masks block, right? Which one? The one that made their guys phase out when I played a. Uh, what's the oh. name of it? Parallax. Parallax, Parallax wave, wave. Yeah. Yeah. Except they don't come back with this. Yeah, I know it's good. <laughs> so at four mana, you get to exile one creature. At six mana, you get or permanent, right? Um, well, yeah. so for four, you for get four, you one get to, thing. For six, six you, get you get two, two things. Two. Yeah. For greater than six, you get the game, probably. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, at what point you're you're at, like, infinity manas, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I like that card a super a lot. And, like, for this, you know, it's the same kind of card uh, where we were talking about, you know, that you have a, a potential huge... Uh, Huge potential upside with uh, processor guys. Right. By by the way, that's you know, there's like also. I mean, I, I don't know that anyone's going to do it, but like that's a card with awaken. So you know, you could also, you know, there's a a creature that regrows your wrath in this format. Wait. So um, you know, we were talking about the uh, Halimar Tidecaller. I mean, 
Is that gonna is that gonna guy gonna make it from the dream journal into reality? I don't know, but like it returns wrath of God. You know what I mean? Like if that's the wrath you're playing, it returns the wrath. It returns you know, assume some crazy Esper deck that can make WWW and BB and a U and you know, you can return Heroes Downfall, Wrath of God, or draw some number of cards with it. I don't know. Like it's a two three. For three, For three, it's not, right? that's, it's that's not a bad casting cost. Like, that's just like Snapcaster Mage? Do we yeah, Snapcaster Mage? It might be. And like, if you have the ability to... When I say know, like, we, I mean you, right? Yeah, <laughs> Did you invent Snapcaster Mage? If you have the ability to actually awaken your lands, too, like, they could be sitting there, and then you play this, and also, you're, you're, incidentally, your lands have flying. I don't know. It seems It seems interesting to me. Um, I mean, I might be good. Like, how, like, what's the cheapest awaken card? Uh, clutch of what's it called? It's called. I'm still learning my name. Clutch of Currents, which is you for return target creature to its owner's hand, and then it has awaken three for four you. So it's like a five mana mana war. Five man. That's not cheap. No. Uh, you know, the next cheapest might actually be Ruinous Path in terms of, of like, which is the the one that, you know, puts the card on top. I mean, I'm sorry, that's that kills a creature or a planeswalker. I mean, I think that's probably just going to be a good card. Like, right. it will, especially if we're going to go in Awakens, right? And then there's a Time Walk, right? There is a Time Walk. So, uh, but the time walk gets exiled. Yeah, but that's that's all right. I'm gonna probably get play Jace, right? So you go if you have Jace in this deck. Oh yeah. You use you just use Jace, tap Jace, discard any awaken card. Doesn't matter which one, and then you play that awaken Scrivener that you have. Yeah. And then on the third turn, you can just get it back and discard it from with Jace again, and then Jace can flashback it. He can all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you also have Royal Spout as a cheap. Awaken card. What's that? Which is one WU for put target creature on top of its owner's library, and then it has Awaken four for four WU. See, I'm like kind of in love with all these things, but they're too expensive. Like you can't have a deck of all three and more. Right. No, no, I agree. Uh, there's Noyandar Royal Shaper too. That's the Merfolk ally. What's he do? Uh, he's three white blue for a four four. And then whenever you cast oh, yeah. a sorcery spell, you may put three plus one plus one counters on target land you control, and then it becomes an elemental creature with haste. Yeah, I don't like that card. Yeah, I'm just thinking about cards. There's also the counter spell that you can return. It also oh, lets I'm you, in love with that. Then that, that card lets you it lets you grow back counter spell. Awaken is all in. Is it in every color? Uh, there's blue. There's white. Yeah. Black. Yes. I think. Scatter to the Winds is good. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, you get to... Let's see. Rush of Ice also has Awaken, and that's a cheap one. What does it do? It's 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 tap target creature. It doesn't untap during its next its controller's next untap step. It costs you. And then... Awaken it's, it's, three for five. I mean, I like Scatter to the Winds. I mean, I don't even think you need to just do the full Awaken thing. I mean, I think you could just have these... Like, it's not... Difficult to imagine a, a blue-white deck that has Scatter to the Winds, 
and planar outbursts. And then you have the ability to just grow them back. You know what I like about this? If you have, like, an excess of fetch lands, then, um, having, like, then you have nothing to do with your fetch land, then, like, just rando, uh... Oh, you can animate your fetch land. And, yeah, and, and then you can it. do anything with them, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Just, I love, I love, okay. I love Awaken. I mean, not. I know this is not shocking to you, who has known me since I tried to pl- make people play with natural affinity on the Pro Tour. But uh, I, uh, I don't know. Like, maybe I'm just man. Being being on the Pro Tour is tough. Yeah. Well, fortunately, All things to think about. I mean, I don't know that Hyde Tidecaller matches up too well with Siege Rhino is probably the problem. I mean, like, I'm a simple man. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you what's going to happen for me. Either one of two things. I I haven't done very much hardcore testing. I've done a little testing so far. But I can tell you either I will have McKinney Slide Runner in front of me on turn two. Or I will have Siege Rhino in front of me on turn four. I think. One of those two things. And maybe someone will have some insane new strategy, but there has yet to be a pro tour where, quote, some insane new strategy was really that much better than McKinney Slide Runner and Wild Slash. <laughs> like, like, it's hard to miss. And you can see the, the outcomes of the last two pro tours were pretty simple red decks were uh, outstanding performers. Um. What do you think? What do you think about my my new outlook on life, Brian? <laughs> I mean, that's basically if you look at the pro tours that got won in standard last year, they were won by Siege Rhino and you know Lightning Strike or whatever equivalent red spell. What won the world championships this year? I don't even remember. Oh, that was also Siege Rhino. Yeah, Siege, was it Siege Rhino? Siege Rhino? Siege Rhino? And then random white deck. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Just checking. Yeah, so I'm thinking. Either it's for me, it's going to be McKinney Slide Runner or Siege. I mean, when I say McKinney Slide Runner, it could easily be Monastery Swift Spear. I think McKinney Slide Runner is a really good card, though. What, wait, why? Why do you like that one so much? It's awesome. Like, like there was a time in our lives when if you just said to me, "You get R one for a two one," I would be like, "Sign me up," you know. But they would give you some horrible drawback. For a card at R one, right? Like it can't block. Are you, are you following me? I'm I'm following you. And those decks still won. You know, and then now like they give you like a stack of abilities. He has trample, and he has landfall plus one plus one. Right. He's easily attacking for four or five damage on turn three. Oh, four five might be a little difficult, but oh. Oh, you're just not thinking hard enough. <laughs> like, what's going to stop me from going like... Oh, you're, you're, you're saving your fetch lands up? No, I just play Side Leopard on turn one, play my fetch my first fetch land, hit for three, play my McKinney Slide Runner, play my play a fetch land, like, bust in and then cast an Atarka's Command mid-combat, put a land in my hand, from, from my hand into play, on turn three, thanks to my Atarka's Command that I just cast, Right. Right. Pump both of these guys up, like nail you for three. Right? And I have two mana open now. Like God forbid it was a fetch land. Mashuk, what do you what do you think about uh retreat to Valakit? Is that Oh, I think that the the retreat cycle is real interesting. 
the the red one. I mean, like in the deck you're talking about, like I could see like where you go like one drop, two drop creature. You know, with landfall, you get your landfall trigger, you attack. Turn three, you play a retreat to Valakit. Your opponent, even if your opponent does something next, you like fetch land, sack it. This gets plus two, plus zero. That creature can't block this turn. Like, I could see that card being really good. Yeah, Patrick thinks that it's like a Planeswalker, that they can't attack. Re- Retreat to Valakit? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's how it played out against me in the pre-release. Like, obviously that's limited, and we're talking about Sam, but the card is just... It, it just really dictates the, the terms of battle for the rest the, of the game. The thing that's tough about playing landfall-based strategies is, is if you look back at, like... Paul Rietzel's Red White Landfall deck from was it Pro Tour Paris that he lost to uh, Amsterdam? And no, 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 Red White, not not the one that he won. Oh, okay. He lost to uh, Ben Sark in the finals. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was like that deck was like a Step Links play to GOP deck. He had yeah. twenty six lands. So like, I'm afraid like you these ag- if you're a Landfall deck, you're, I'm afraid these aggro decks are going to have like twenty six lands, which means they have a really bad time about getting flooded out. Like, and I think that might be a necessary condition of them, though. Right. Or, like, you could play 20 lands, and you have, like, a tight curve, like, you're just playing, like, a red deck. But then, you know, you, your landfall explosiveness is impaired because of that. You know, it's, right, it's, you just it's don't, a real you don't, tough you don't, you don't actually get to hit your landfalls. I think you, I think you get to hit them enough, because the games won't be very long. So I think, I think if you're thinking the games will not be very long then you're less likely to flood out because you just get all your landfalls in early and you just bash the hell out of them with landfalls. And maybe. But if you're playing a 26-land deck, I don't know if you have space for retreat to Valakit. That's the weird thing, right? Right. Like, you need you, every spell is precious because you're playing, like, six fewer spells than you probably should be. Or at least, like, two or three fewer spells than you should be. The, ga- the games are always longer than you think they're going to be. You know what retreat I really like? Retreat to Kazandu. I think that card's unbeatable in, in some contexts. Which, which color is that? It's the green one. Landfall, you gain two life. That card seems really good. Its other ability is put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. Like, just kind of like retreat. I mean, there's no one-man accelerators right now, but like, can you imagine a format where there's El- Elvish Mystic? Yeah. It's like second turn retreat Kazandu go. Like kill you just kill, I'm just going to kill you with this elf. Yeah, like, maybe. They're just like, all right, third turn, explosive vegetation. I mean, the Dang idea of gaining four life off of a fetch land is also like, got to give Martin Dang nightmares as he prepares for this pro tour. Sadly, my friend, it is only three life, but... Well, sure. Uh, but yes, like, I think that card is you, you stone don't, unbeatable. You don't know that I don't count Evolving Wilds as a fetch land. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But like... You, you cast Retreat to Kazandu, then you cast, uh, and this is, uh, this is, this is renewal. renewal. You're like, all right, first I'm going to gain six life, and then I'm going to gain seven life. <laughs> How insane is that? Like, you, just, you still just died 13 and still, life? And then you still die to the Siege Rhino. I mean, you could. I don't think you will. If, <laughs> I don't think you will if this is what the setup is. Although, maybe. And I played against some randos, like, say, rando ramp. Um, and, uh, just with, like, some Siege Rhino decks, and, I don't know, like, they would cast an awesome thing, and I would just kill it, and I would just keep attacking them with my two-drop and my Siege Rhino. 
they were like, all right, here's 100 mana for my Oblivion Sower. I'm like, all right, you got me. End of your turn, cast, <laughs> cast uh, Abzan Charm. They're like, not on that. Just to draw two cards. <laughs> now I'm going to kill that with a Valorous Stance. Attack you for six. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. that's still a card. Yeah. Man, let me tell you something about the cards in the Abzan deck. They're real good. Every single card is insane. Like, Valorous Stance. Dra- Dramica's Command is just like the most still, insane card. Still good like, even without enchantments to kill? It's disgusting. Like, it's just utterly disgusting. Like, my opponent tried to roast my Siege Rhino, and it lived. Like, and I could have picked all different ways for it to live. You know, in this case, it killed his Mantis Rider and also countered his roast. That was pretty awesome. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Those the cards are just unbelievable. Yeah. In, in abs. Like, every, the thing is, like, there's not that many decks that are like that, right? Like, you look, you're like, oh, man, Rachich Kazandu. Well, I guess if you line it up, it's oppressively powerful against certain decks. Like, those are all true statements, right? But it's just, like, a brick otherwise. You're just, like, three mana for nothing. But, right. like, Siege Rhino is never three mana for nothing, right? It's four mana for no. insane, you know? So, um, I don't know. Uh, I, I think there's just, like... Pick pick one card that's going to be the most impactful card at the Pro Tour from this new set. Um... Uh, from the new set, easy. Easy peasy. Okay. Canopy Vista. Okay. Uh, actually, might be Cinderglade. But both of the, those two are the ones that would be the highest impact, in okay. my opinion. Do you do you uh, like my my picks, or do you think I do? Powerhouse? I do. It's a little. It's a little. It's a little like it feels a little cheaty to me. All right, it's cheaty. I'll give, I'll give, you 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 meant to spell. I did. I did. Um, I am going to go with Scythe Leopard. Mm, interesting. McKindy slide. I think McKindy Slide Runner is going to be. More heavily played than Side Leopard, but they're both going to be played. Um, I mean, for sure, there's going to be people who just have like twelve landfall guys in their yeah. first first two turns on their curve, and then like Atarkus commands, and you know, I don't know some other I'm, cards that are good. I'm I'm rooting for Oblivion Sour. Yeah, I mean, like I think that there's going to be like three meta games at this Pro Tour. And By the like, way, if you can build your landfall deck so that it also ramps into Oblivion Sower, that's kind of sweet. I mean, I I built I built a landfall beatdown deck that had Nessus Renewal in it because you know take. take six. If you're going to cast Nessus Renewal, why wouldn't you cast Oblivion Sower? Well, but like take six, right? Like I have like a, I have a, a side play. Yeah, well, I'm saying the same. It works the same way with uh, Oblivion Sower, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Except you're committing, like, a giant monster to the board while you're doing it. Um, I, th- I wonder if that's how it's gonna work. The, the thing is, like, Abzan's so weird, right? Like, it's got, like, Rakshash, a Death Dealer, and then also has, like, these long game cards, so... I don't know. Alright, well, so we're we're still gonna do a uh, set review here. But I think we'll we'll probably, you know, 
cut out some of the dross cards and just talk about the 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 cream of each color. But we're going to do that later this week. But we wanted to just get back into the yeah. You know, we needed we needed to get into the podcast when you think the, the preview even 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 doing the skimming the cream off the top still takes a couple hours. So to to get into it. So. uh if we're switching out of magic, let me ask you a question. Yes. Fall TV. Talk. Yes. Talk. Uh, that's, I've, I've watched... What have I watched so far? Are you caught I've up watched, on Bastard Executioner yet? I am caught up on Bastard did Executioner. You read my, did you read my recap on Fetch? I, I, have, I have to read it tonight. How have you not read it? It's going to be next episode. You're the worst Fetchland reader partner in the whole Well, I podcast. didn't, because I, I didn't read it because I was waiting to watch it. I just watched it yesterday. Okay, well, read it next. I will read it today. Because I, 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 it's a, so everyone should go read it. Uh, <laughs> I've never read I'm, I'm really torn before. on Bastard Executioner. You want to like it more, but you. I want to like, I do. I definitely yeah, want to like it too. more than I do. And I feel like, uh, I feel like there's still a lot of room for it to, 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 to take shape. But I can't. Katie Seagal's character just rings a little, like clangs a little to me. All right, this is what I hated about the second episode. Yeah. If you're not a Sons of Anarchy fan, then how do you know that <laughs> the Dark Mute was whatever, like at the Templar Temple, teaching young Wilkin to fight with a quarterstaff? Only a Sons of Anarchy fan would know that. Right. That's like so unfair. Right? Like that's poor storytelling. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like because I I you've think never he's seen the dark assuming, not I think mutilated. he's just assuming every Sons of Anarchy fan is watching. Yeah, but like like here's my prediction for Bastard Executioner. It gets canceled. <laughs> that it gets canceled and that into the Badlands uh fills the sort of sword fighty niche in the fall TV schedule. So you, how many episodes do you, they're going to last the entire season. They I think it'll get the stuff. entire season. I don't think it'll get renewed. Um, yeah. Yeah. It looks expensive to make. Yeah. Yeah. And Maybe just, it'll pick up. Like, I, I mean, I'm hoping I'm optimistic, right? Like I want it to be, I want it to, I want it to, to be, I want it, I want it to be good. Uh, I've been watching fear of the walking dead. I have not watched that. I, I kind of like it. You know, it's taken a, I, I like the idea of it a lot. Like the idea, like you actually get to see, you know, every zombie apocalypse thing ever has just dropped you full blown into the zombie apocalypse. And this is like, huh. Why does our next door neighbor want to eat our flesh? That's weird. <laughs> you know, this is like the actual just showing the decay of civilization. And it's got so many good actors in it. Ah, uh, but, uh,. Have you watched Scream Queens yet? I, I did. I really enjoyed it. It yeah, was super really... charming. So Catherine wrote a, yeah, yeah, a I recap read of the first Scream Queens. You read that one, though. I read that one. But I saw Scream Queens a couple days ago. Uh, yeah, I took me I'm, for... I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried that it's going to... That it could run out of steam. They killed a lot of people in the first episode. Yeah. And they, they, they also like gave you like real gigundo hints in the first episode. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's 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 played pretty broadly. It's clearly a comedy. I I I really like it. So yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. I uh, uh, have you watched? Did you watch Scandal last week? I did. How unbelievably well done was that episode? 
I mean, I, I, I gotta tell you, I'm just always, I'm always impressed by uh, that show. <laughs> she, she's no, from a writing standpoint, like the opening, like oh, the opening, no, the opening, the opening, the opening, like three magic. minutes is like yeah. the opening to Fellowship of the Ring because she like completely swerves you. You yeah. think she's talking about one thing, she's talking about something completely different, and then you're like, man, I got got, like I got so got, and then like you're like, oh man, what a trite concept for an episode. You're like, blah blah blah, lady die, blah blah, blah. and then it makes so much sense at the end. Yeah, like, no, was, I, I, just, I was. It was unbelievable for like, so yeah. So if you haven't watched it, look, the the first episode was about the the death of a princess, right? So, uh, and it was like very reminiscent of of uh, Princess Die uh, being chased by the paparazzi. You know, you know, it was like probably twenty years ago now or something. Um, and dying with her boyfriend in a in a in a car chase against the paparazzi. So it's super reminiscent of that, but like, which is kind of a trite concept for for a, a show like this and it was just so well done so well layered and it made so and every character's motivations made sense to me yeah yeah i, I thought it was unbelievably good did you uh I, I i'm not caught up with uh how how to get away with murder i never finished watching it last season so um is that on like netflix it, it, or something? It, it, it came yeah it's on netflix actually the first season oh great so i can catch up there is arrow i'm sorry is flash somewhere that i could watch well, flash and arrow are not back yet but yeah but i need to i haven't watched any flash you you should be able start. to watch there's a cw app i believe that you can watch but it you on. keep telling me that they don't have all the episodes oh but i also didn't watch um i also didn't watch iZombie. You know, iZombie is a Mike Allred comic. I did. I did know that. But, I don't watch. I don't watch iZombie because I'm over my limit of CW shows that I'm allowed to watch as a grown ass man. Unfortunately, iZombie is like basically the second coming of Veronica Mars, and it's fantastic. I enjoy it. I've, I've oh oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> a minute ago, you were a grown ass man who didn't I was, watch I was. I'm, CW I'm a, shows. I'm a terrible. But then it's revealed that you were not that me can testify. I do a terrible job of being a grown ass man. <laughs> You were defeated. <laughs> I because uh, I also watched the, the 100, which yeah, is actually I, my favorite. Might be my favorite CW show. Uh, let's see. I tried to watch the Tomorrow People last season. That wasn't good enough. So I watched. I did watch both the Blind Spot and the Player to just see what they were about. Is that the one with a Lady, Lady Sif? Sif? Lady yeah. Sif is covered in tattoos. Catherine said she couldn't get through the first ten minutes. It, it so is. Bad. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's not good, but it's better than the player. <laughs> Which one's the player? Is that the player's one with Wesley Snipes? It's always bet on blacklist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, not all the shows are going to hit, but they're bringing back heroes. I kind of want to go back and watch all the heroes because it was so good. The first season, the first season was outstanding I, I i don't feel like heroes is gonna age well i think there's so much good superhero tv and movies now oh yeah I was, like the thing is we were good. so hungry for heroes to be good when it, but came it was out. good i think it was fine but it wasn't good superheroes like i mean that was back in 2003 or something right, right. so like we were so hungry for that to exist but now we have like like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Arrow and Flash and Supergirl's coming on and Legends of Tomorrow and... Oh, man, Legends of Tomorrow is going to be so good. Like, there's so much... There's just so much superhero content and good animated 
shows and good, you know, plenty of movies and Jessica, what you call Jessica Jones or whatever is coming up. Like, there's just a ton of stuff. I feel like, oh, yeah, like Daredevil. Yeah, I feel like it's just here. like whatever. It's like whatever heroes. I have no, I have no compulsion to go watch it. Do you think like, I didn't? Like, NBC is just like we got to get in on this. Yes, that's exactly what happened. I, I can even. I it never dawned on me that they were just trying to get in on this. They they do not own. So you know, if you think about some of the different entertainment companies, they all own. You know, Disney has the Marvel stuff. Warner has the DC stuff. You know what I mean? Like well, CW apparently has a bunch of the DC stuff. Yeah, well, that's that's CW is owned by Time Warner. Right? Oh, I guess half of it is owned by Time Warner. Yeah, yeah. The WB half, yeah. Yeah. Um. So. So I what there's NBC, but CBS has some DC stuff too. Yeah. But I mean, that's probably produced by the people on the seat, you know, the, the the Warner's production team. But I'm just saying, like, like in terms of like the, the entertainment and NBC Universal just doesn't their their superhero franchise is Fast and the Furious. <laughs> I mean, and to be fair, the fight scene between Jason Statham and The Rock is better than any superhero fight scene uh, that we've seen so far. It's the best thing versus Hulk ever. But it doesn't have Thing or Hulk, so... But it does not have the Thing or Hulk. I mean, it obviously would have been better with them as the Thing and Hulk. Man, I, I like the Thing. People don't realize he's my favorite member of the Fantastic Four. Did you see the Fantastic Four movie? I didn't. You're, be- I, you're a better man than I am. I, uh... Yeah, I, I was super excited about it, too, when I first heard about it. It's really it. bad. And even as everyone was like starting to bet to, to disparage it, I was like, no, I think that's gonna be really good. I really liked Chronicle. And then I just It's it, insultingly bad. Yeah, that's like, it just it just sounded terrible. Two weeks ago I was like, should we see the second the Scorch Trials, the second Maze Runner movie? And Bella goes to me, she's like, Dad. We should see it's like I was like I, I was apprehensive because it did not do well on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like forty nine percent. And She's like, Dad, we saw Fantastic Four. <laughs> just, <laughs> just pony up the money. So we went. It was actually, I actually really enjoyed Scorch. I thought that was pretty good. I mean, for what it is, right? You're not expecting Citizen Kane here, but this was fine. Um, yeah. uh, Bell makes a really good point because um, at the end, like they're trying to name their team, and uh, they're like, "What about Big Brain and his assistants?" And Sue Storm goes, "What about Big Brain and her assistants?" You know, which is a uh, it's kind of a, a funny, funny joke. And Bella pointed something out to me. She's just like, nobody ever talks about Sue Storm's IQ. And, like, she has 170 IQ, according to uh, uh, the, the most recent Marvel comics. According, according to the database of made-up characters. According to the database of made-up characters, she has 170 IQ. So, you know, I mean, she's... You have to be pretty smart to be married to Reed Richards, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he's not going to be interested in being married to someone who can't hold a conversation with him about it nanotech or whatever he does so um yeah she, she's like yeah no one ever talks about it. they just don't talk about how smart reed is but you know she's pretty smart too yeah she would say that right yeah yeah so um but i think what we came away with is yeah, run run living lands by her when you're when you're talking about i'll ask her what she thinks ask her what she thinks yeah. you, you know what her assessment of goblin guide is right yeah best card ever right well she, you know why right did i tell you this so she sees Goblin Guide, she's like, this is the best card ever. And I'm like, 
I'm like, so it's a good card, right? So I'm like, oh, that's interesting that you thought that. That wasn't my initial opinion. Why do you think that it was so good? She's like, because it gives you the ability to make the perfect play every turn. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what are you talking about? She's like, you can see the top card of your opponent's deck. You know what to do. <laughs> I was just like, what? That's your, that's your first blush opinion? She's like, it's obvious. Isn't that correct? And I was just like, yes, it's correct. But no one came to that conclusion the first time they saw the card. She had she, she had very little concept of card advantage, though. So, like, that's not, like, it, card advantage is, like, ingrained in all of our heads. But she, like, mostly plays, um, what's it called? Duels of the Planeswalkers. Where I guess, like, you know, just two for one in your opponent on every turn isn't the main thing you want to do. Right. So, like, she, that, that isn't ingrained in her DNA. She understands getting a card is probably better than not getting a card. But, like, she's not just, like, you know, her DNA isn't always just like, oh, get the two for one, angle for the two for one. You know, how can I eke out a scry out of this? You know, that, that's not how she's currently calibrated. She plays, like, an 11-year-old, which is... What she is. Which, yeah, she's an 11 year old. So. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I got I to gotta go. Um, all right. So, but we're going to do, do some more of this. Actual, and, actual set reviews soon. Yeah. And, and, and just, you know, obviously fall shows. By the time this is up, my, my shame will be known to all. I, I obviously watch The Voice pretty avidly. Um, the Voice is tonight? It's, 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 it's every night. It's, oh, it's on, every on, night. Every, it's on every single night. So no, why, it's on Mondays and Tuesdays. Why? Why did they go from Taylor Swift, whom I, I'm not Taylor Swift, sorry, Gwen Stefani, whom I love, back to Christina Aguilera? They're back to, to Gwen Stefani. Oh, it's Gwen Stefani again. They they rotate. Uh, they rotate. Adam and Blake are like, I'm never leaving a, the coach's chair, but um, the middle two seats have rotated from a bunch of different Shakira. Uh, Christina and Gwen Stefani have all sat in that seat. And then uh, the seat that was started by CeeLo, I don't think he's ever coming back, but uh, Usher and Pharrell have both sat there. Oh, I see. I, I so they rotate some of the, some of the coaches. Cause I, you know, I never get that. Like on shark tank, like why is it there's only ever room for one woman on shark tank? You know, the other three guys are always the same. Yeah. That, yeah. That, I mean, that bothers me way more than, they're man lions. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'm a, you know, I, I don't know. That, that seems like, it seems like very strange to me. Yeah. Cause it's so on the nose. Yeah. Like if it were a little more covert, then I it wouldn't be, you know, be like, oh, well, this is just how things were organically laid out. But you know, when you, when you rotate the one chair for the one girl and, you know, then that, that is uh, a yeah. little on the nose, I think. But yeah. So anyway, go to Fetchland. You can read my. I'm, I'm going to be doing some hot takes on where I think the people, as they uh, secure spots on teams over the next few weeks, are just just my quick little assessment of. Oh my gosh! Really? What happened to them? Yeah. You know, voice every night. No, no, no. It's just there's there's two episodes a week for the next couple of weeks. So I'll do one article each week with the new roster. Oh, that's hot! I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Should I start to it's, watch it's, the voice? I mean, you could read the article. The article's it's saved right now. I was waiting for you to go look at it. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Did you tell no. me that it was there? No. I was just okay. telling you now on the podcast. <laughs> on the podcast. I, thought that, <laughs> I thought that would be really convenient. All right. Well, <laughs> okay, then. I guess I have something to do later this evening. All right. I was planning to play this. Okay. Top 8 Magic, Fetchland, and, and Michael J. Flores is Brian David Marshall. Right. Saying see ya in a couple days. Bye. Bye.